Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I've just talked to myself. Sorry, <laughs> I've been working on an article about um, about Nier Automata, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I finished that. Have I not? So I put it onto the website, and then it's got in big words at the top. Edit. This is too long. Now. Yes. Same. Yeah. Cool. Same. Super. Right. I was ready. At number thirteen. Yes. Okay. And now, for some intro music. Hello, welcome to episode number 13 of the Bits and Pieces podcast. I am Nevada Drew, and as ever it seems, I am joined by George. Say hello. Hello. And by Gav. Say hello. Hello. So, I want to say that we've been rubbish at not doing one recently because we've been trying to avoid being unlucky with the old podcast number 13. That's why. That's, yeah, cool. It's entirely not our fault that it has been... A long time since the not, episode. Look, if someone's listening to this out of order, they don't even know. Or they wouldn't know if we didn't mention it. That That's true. But, anyway, it's not our fault. So, quiet then, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we're, we're going to go with that. Um, I mean, what, so what, what, what's everyone been playing since, since uh, the last time that we recorded one of these? Because, I mean... I've, I've I've played through the entirety of Far Cry Five, I think. Um, got a tiny bit further with The Witcher. Uh, played a couple of different board games. Um, oh, and I got, I've, uh, I got into Rainbow Six. Oh, nice. nice. Cool. You're a Rainbow Six player now. Well, hardcore. Aspiring. <laughs> aspiring pro. Uh, more like just inspire. I aspire to unlock like a couple of the different characters because I have the starter edition, which means oh. <laughs> everything is a massive grind. Nice. And so that's what I'm you currently want. playing the Rainbow Six Mute experience, and and that's the only operator I have or will have <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, can, you know. I, I can imagine that being another one of those those FPS shooter games that I am just so terrible at. But it's beyond the joke, so um, I uh, yeah. Is, is it, we're on six siege. Is that what the Rainbow Six run about? Yeah, that's, about? that's yeah. the one. Yeah, I have played that a few times. I'm being terrible. Uh, I quite enjoyed being the car at the beginning, but beyond that, <laughs> uh, just no. <laughs> so bad at stuff like that. Yeah, well, as I, I've been playing a lot of over, like Overwatch through last year, and I'd never really kind of done much sort of. In any like competitive gaming in any sense, uh, so I was like, "Well, Rainbow Six seems good fun, and hopefully, I can convince other people to join me. Uh, so it should be fun." Yeah. But so far, nice. it's just me in casual games, playing a soul mute experience. My only, my only role in the team is just to to shut down people in their little drones at the start. Nice. nice. You know, at least it's a job. <laughs> it's it's like employed. the one job that is over as soon as the match actually like starts. Gab's like in today's economy, a job's a job. <laughs> exactly, you can't complain, can you? No, <laughs> it's employment. If you're a car breaker or a downer, then you got to take the car breaker down a job and <laughs> and run with it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he because he he basically places sort of 
jammers that stop people like any kind of uh, other electrical gadgets from working properly. So I'm sure yeah. there is there is more kind of clever interplay where he shuts down other operators who perhaps I think you have like vision gadgets. So I think there's a guy that can track people's footsteps with a fancy headset, and I think his tracker gets shut down if he's standing near a jammer. But like the most obvious thing that that mute does is just stop the little RC drones at the start, and so that for the rest of the time you're like, am I being useful? I don't know. What what have you you've been playing, Gav? Well, um, think. not that much, really. Uh, still been playing. I've been well, occasionally playing Tekken, try to get better at it. Mm. Not very, not very well, really. I'm still terrible. I think I'll be terrible for a long time. Uh, and it's just Monster Hunter again. And um, oh, I was playing. Uh, I, was, I finally completed the uh, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy on my 3DS, and I've moved oh, nice. on to. Apollo Justice. Uh, Apollo so. Justice. That's the that's the like after the first trilogy. There's a big time skip, and you play as a yet again as a rookie defense attorney now nicknamed Apollo Justice, who uh, who kind of, is kind of taken under almost under the wing of a, a kind of uh, washed up Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney to become his own Ace Attorney. I love so that story. Series. It's so mental. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit. It took me a long time to get through the first few games, just because I kept losing saves and then getting lazy with it. But I, I finally completed it at last. Cool. I just have all the other ones to do. <laughs> how's how's Monster Hunter been going? Oh, uh, there's monsters and I've uh, hunted. Them. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just as usual, really. Uh, lots of new content, which is nice. There is. Uh, I haven't played any of it yet, actually. I haven't even fought no. Devil Joe. I've not had a chance. You're not, not yet. I mean, there's another new monster now. I know. I saw it the other day, and I was like, oh my goodness, I've not even I've, fought the last new monster. <laughs> I've not I've not fought the new one yet, either, because I've been a bit busy. Yeah, but I need to get it, back it's into like that. A, It's like a big kind of uh, repel the giant monster sort of thing. It looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, um, Look. It looks like a good, a good fight from the trailer I saw as well. Yeah, and you you get like random loot off it as well because it's like covered in, like, like gold and oh, bits yeah. of weapons and stuff. So you get like randomized loot. Yeah. And is yeah. that <laughs> is that good? I can like I can see it being a bit, it being frustrating if you're grinding for a specific thing or like. Oh yeah, no, it's monster. probably it's it's probably awful, but um. <laughs> It, it's interesting in that there's like uh well with both of the new monsters there's there've been like new sets and like armor sets and like a new weapon for every single type of weapon, which is pretty good. It is. And uh, I I wasn't actually I wasn't really keeping up with it even though I was playing the game and so I wasn't expecting like so soon after the so it was like the the spring festival in game event and I wasn't expecting a new monster so soon after it. And I was no. like, oh, oh, a new thing again. And there's the, the Devil May Cry crossover as well. And... Yes, yeah, I've not done any of that. I'm, I haven't played it in ages, actually. I need to jump back into Monster Hunter. Miss it. Yeah, they just keep releasing new stuff for it. It's cool. Yeah. I, I appreciate had a, I it. I felt like I should try and finish some games that actually I had a chance, like a, a possibility of finishing well, for a period. So I can finish like uh, Telltale's Batman first one and... Um, 
the second Orwell game and a couple of other things I actually tried to finish. I mean, how how was how was how was the Orwell sequel? Because I remember you, you talked about the first one last year. Yes, and it sounded fascinating. So is it, is it still kind of a very similar kind of narrative yeah. game where you're you're piecing together people's identities? Kind of yes. I I wrote a review for it for Old Grizzle Gamers. So people can check over, head over there and check that out for like my coalesced thoughts on it. It's it's different. Instead of kind of your, uh, it's it's more about sort of the idea of fake news and weaponizing data than it is about sort of invading privacy as much. You don't quite get that same feeling of like, should I be listening to this as you do from the first one? You get a very different sort of story with a very different angle. It's still incredibly interesting, and I would highly recommend both. What's the sort of what's the, like? The what's your what's your oh, role of the second one? Because in the first one, you're like a you're a intelligence analyst uh, like yeah listening into people's conversations yeah and you are is still it... that you still the orwell system is is sort of like it's like it pulls in information from all over the internet and everyone's mobile devices anything connected you will, you can see information from all that sort of stuff and it, it's you still have that same role but it has a few extra features like about excuse me trying to sort of picking and choosing information and then trying and seeing their impact on like twitter or their equivalent of twitter or like how they how information can be used against you rather than in the first one it was very much about sort of misunderstanding information and things not being taken out of context and in this one you're very much as an angle of or I felt like that's what it was I, other people might have a different experience with it it's one of those games of like when it, when it, if you play it with a different mindset you're going to have a different experience uh, you, I saw it very much as how does the, the things that I put on the internet how could they be used against me rather than um, in sort of like an attack way rather than like big data and companies using it for like advertising and stuff which is kind of a bit more what the first one was all about but it, it, it's cool you use the same uh, like mechanics, you're dragging information, uh, you're looking through emails, <laughs> reading lots of stuff that you maybe shouldn't but um, it's, it's less, you feel maybe it's because I've played the first one, you feel less sort of invasive in this one I think. Okay. Um, Does it it's a bit shorter. I don't think it's quite as good, but I do think it is still well worth playing. That does sound like a sounds like a cool series. That I guess is just increasingly relevant. Given yeah. Yeah. The current you know sort of Facebook news. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, like I can say recommend looking Topical. to uh, reading my review over on All Grizzle Gamers. Just search that and all well review, and it should come up. And I th- although I think actually I put a link to it in the oral review on the site as well, so uh, head over to one of those two places to find that. Uh, it was an interesting review. I I've, I've finished the game since last time as well. I've played. Oh, it was main, mainly because I was I moved flat, and so I had I had a week where I just didn't have internet. Yeah, and that happened to coincide with Far Cry Five being released, so it meant that just completed it in a kind of very short amount of time. Yes, do tell. It was good. It was good fun. Like it. Well, it, it's it's weird. Like it, in the sense that it's kind of conflicted because it has. It is a really. It is the classic. Like it is everything you'd want from the Far Cry experience. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's kind of it's got all the the, the little iterations that three made, four made, and this is like actually there's some stuff from Primal in there too, like. Mm. Um, but no, it, it's it's really good. Like they've they've changed the 
they've made a great improvement to the story in that you can advance the story just by like knocking around the world and causing chaos it's always it's always kind of almost kind of like taking like taking the just cause system where it's just blow stuff yeah. up around the world and that cool. advances a little timer or you know bar and once the bar hits a certain thing then like the next big story mission happens mm. apart from the fact that it has a really obnoxious way of forcing you to play the story yeah because basically because right. you you sort of wake up in the world at the very center of the map and so the idea the, the story is it's this sort of valley in rural montana that's been taken over by a cult who believe the world's going to end and oh, yes. they are you know they're the chosen few that are going to survive the apocalypse mm-hmm. and it kind of has that sort of lieutenant system so you have the cult leader and then his three children slash lieutenants who kind of each control a third of the map uh, and you yeah. start right at the center so you just you decide which way you're going to go and you just go, go off into a third of the map and kind of each area has its own kind of like resistance group yeah um and it's like you earn resistance points and then once you've kind of you've you filled the resistance bar you end up having a showdown with the lieutenant and you you kill them but problem is the the bar has like four segments and every time you fill up a segment you have you have to do the next story mission and it's not like it just constantly tells you to do the next story mission it li- the game literally kidnaps you and puts you into the story mission oh. like it and the story missions are are not good usually what it means is <laughs> <laughs> you usually- want Kidnapped yeah. and made to have a bad Well, I said like it's not that the story missions aren't good. They're like they're kind of what you'd expect from from Far Cry, but with like, <laughs> story missions aren't good. It isn't that the story missions aren't well, it's good. like it's the which it's who like do they, I believe? George it's, or George? It's difficult to explain. Like, the the mission is perfectly fine. Like you know, it's 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 go here. You shoot your way through a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But it's you've got to. Really? There's just a lot of like tedious like plot around the story that you have to you have to experience and it's like so you're like you know your your mind's your own business you're driving on a road and a cult convoy drives past and it's like blow this up uh so you do and it's like you've got enough resistance points and then you'll hear over your radio that you're being hunted and it's like oh okay good and then no matter what the game just like relentlessly pursues you with it's slightly different in each of the areas, like hunters, or yeah. in one area, it's it's the it's this lady that kind of oversees the drug, like making all the drugs that they use to subdue people, and in that one, like, and not you, not it's not you're not even being hunted, you just you just go into like a drug haze and fall over, right. and then invariably wake up with the left hand of the area kind of leering into your face, and then monologuing for a little bit. Doing the Far Cry villain thing. Yeah, it's the exact part. They were like, well, it worked really well in Far Cry 3, so let's have you do it nine times. Every time. It does somewhat push the bounds of believability after, like, the hundredth time they do it. Yeah, and it's it's just like, it's you fill up a quarter of the bar, you get kidnapped, and you wake up with them leering in your face. And then you escape again, and then a quarter of the bar later, you get kidnapped. And, like, you can fight them off for a little bit, 
So like you can you can you can hold off the hunters, but the moment that you take any damage, you you fall over and get knocked out. All right. And so. And yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of it sounds a bit naff, but I like. I think there's always been an issue in these sort of games, like, and it's kind of Far Cry's fault in a in a in a respect, where there's like this massive divide between the story stuff. And like the like, you know, world dicking around that everyone actually wants to do, and I can understand why they'd want to like integrate it and make it so that you have to do the story, like to try and unite it a bit. But what it sounds like instead is that rather than actually managing to con- like and do it in a convincing way, like they just literally kidnap you and force you to do story <laughs> missions. Yeah, it is. It, it, that's literally what it is. Like, and it's just really oppressive, and it's and, and it's particularly in the the sec like the drug lady section where it's like your your character's meant to be just constantly feeling the effects of like the fields of the drug fields and so it's just endless like sections where it's like oh it's a little another dream sequence you've got to wander through some fields after oh, far cry and it's fucking dream sequence after a, after a ghost lady i've had enough and it's like i don't want to do this you don't have a choice this isn't fun. It is. We're telling you it is. It's like I remember the dream sequences being a bit interesting in Far Cry Three. By Far Cry Four, they they wore their their welcome out on me severely, and I imagine it is not much better now, especially considering how many of them uh, have to do with you. I don't know, accidentally imbibing some some random drugs. Yeah, it's not even it's not even like you accidentally take some drug. It's just like you're just, you're, you're walking along and then suddenly like. Your vision goes a bit blurry, and you're like, "Oh!" And you fall. Oh no! Over. You were you're walking around slack jawed, and you accidentally ate a drug plant while just sprinting through a field, and you're like, "Oh!" Tripped yeah. and fell, mouth open on top. Of <laughs> you accidentally fell over, rolled one up in a paper, and smoked it. I'm sorry, officer. It was an accident. I tripped. <laughs> I tripped, and the blunt fell into my mouth. Uh. Yeah, and like the, but it's but it it is it is good fun. Like the, well, that's like the other like the other odd thing that I kind of found about the, just the free roaming stuff, is. It I found it hard sometimes. There was almost too much stuff at times, because like when you liberate an area, the the presence of the enemies drops way 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 down, and so it's almost slightly less exciting because you're not getting those kind of emergent moments that that Far Cry is like famous for where you know like crazy things happen and then a bear on fire runs through <laughs> you know like you're in a fight and it keeps escalating and everything's exploding and then you know you add bears and that's and that's like, and that, that's the Far Cry formula but and then so suddenly you liberate an area and it gets far less exciting but there's almost too much going on in the areas where the cult is happening. So, like, you rarely... So, the, the number of times where it's like, right, I want to go here, and then you're driving along, and you just get sidetracked because a million cult, you know, like, little micro-objectives show up, or just the cult people keep coming. And so you get so distracted that you end up dying, and then you end up kind of further away. And so it's almost too much... Like it's kind of it, 
yeah, I think it struggles to, struggles to balance it. Um, also, the ending is fine. I mean, that is the thing. The was it like the ending is fine. <laughs> Oh, you know it's good when there's a big pause and you say, fine. Yeah. It's the problem that it just sits on top of such, like, a naff story. And it's this, like, eh, ending. But yeah. I think it would have been much better if the end, if, if the game had started with the ending. Because basically, what was like, you, the, the, the plot is you're a, you're a, like a, a, not a sheriff, you're a, a US marshal. That's marshal. it. And it's like you've you've got a warrant to arrest this cult leader, and so you fly in at the start and just walk into his church with, you know, some other other police people and your uh, marshal's partner. Um, turns out they don't like you arresting him, and kind of how peculiar it it, it all goes wrong. Um, <laughs> well, like you arrest him, you put him in a helicopter, you're about to take off, and then some cult people throw themselves into the rotors of the helicopter and cause it to crash. Nice. Uh, and then you're kind of trapped in cult land. Um, Come well, to cult land! <laughs> well, the weird thing is, though, it's like, you like you get you get aircraft and communication stuff pretty quickly, and it's like, why don't you just leave and come back with the army? Because like, at the start, you try and radio out for help, and it turns out that the the lady on the other end of the police line has is betray you know has been is is a cult member and like betrays you. Okay, okay. And so yeah, the rest of the game is you're this rookie marshal and you you know you sort out the resistance and eventually you have the final showdown. And but the and so the game ends where you're like you arrest you you actually do for real arrest the cult leader, and just as you arrest him. Oh, spoilers! By the way, obviously. Oh yeah, massive spoilers. Everybody, so, spoilers. Big old, yeah. big old Far Cry Five spoilers. If you, yeah, from now, as you arrest him, the 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 bombs fall. Like, you see nuclear explosions in the background. And you're like, oh shit! Was the apocalypse? It's it's kind of unclear because there's there's one point in the game where you fight your way out of a cult base that is an old um, nuclear missile silo. Right. And so it's like, and so initially, like, oh, did the cult have nuclear weapons? And they've done it, but it turns out, no, the, the just the world uh, launches the nuclear apocalypse. It turns out they were right about the nuclear <laughs> Yeah, and, so, and, and it's just like, oh, bummer. And so the game ends with you, like, you like you're driving away in a car and you're trying to make your way to a fallout shelter and then the car crashes and like you come to and you're chained to a bed and the cult leader is the only other person in there with you and he's like I guess it's just us for the apocalypse. <laughs> that's depressing. Um, <laughs> and and that's the end of the game. And I don't know. I think it would have been much more interesting if the game had started with that. <clears throat> I guess it would have at least given you a reason to uh, to be staying there in the yeah, area like, is rather it, than just... It gives you a reason to stay there. It, it explains why you can't call for outside help. Yeah. And it... I think it would just raise the kind of threat level of everything a little bit more because then it becomes like you're fighting for the kind of last vestige of 
you know America because the the get like you know you're fighting you're fight like against the cult and there's the tension of there not being many resources and you know kind yeah. of that's why um and it kind of and it you know it makes sense that everything is kind of fine because I don't think there's a huge amount of tactical advantage to wasting nuclear weapons on you know rural Montana <laughs> true so you know it's perfect it's perfectly simple but we're kind of all the important bits of America get bombed, and then it just happen just happens that this kind of secluded valley is relatively okay, but isolated. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then you can have this battle between the cult who are like, "It was the apocalypse. We were right. Join us." And it gives more reason for people to join the cult because they've got food, they've got shelter, they've got stuff. Whereas there's like there's you there's no you would never ever think about joining this cult. It's not like they're not. They're not the kind of charm, like scarily charming cult where it's like people in suits with kind of weird expressions that that kind of prey on people's weaknesses. They are very much kind of really creepy looking people who don't look like they've ever insane, basically. (laughs) Yeah, who don't look like they've ever had a bath and could be extras in the hills have eyes. It's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go near those people, let alone take an informational pamphlet. From yeah, them. I su- that that is one of the criticisms I've heard of the game is that in like the way it does things, I think it, uh, people seem to allege that it sort of misses the almost the point of what makes what makes cults actually work. Oh, com- like completely. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's never, there's nothing to ever suggest where you're like, oh, I kind of understand what you know what kind of fears yeah. and stuff that this cult was preying upon and it, there's nothing yeah. other than that like the end is nigh that's that's it yeah because i mean i think because obviously it's quite clearly based on those cults that did exist like i, I can't remember what they were called but there, there was a couple that were like you know legit doomsday cults and some of them even like had mass suicides and so on after their doomsday didn't actually come but yeah, I think it, it obviously does seem to kind of miss what what made them tick, like why why people were attracted to them. If, I mean, I, I guess certain is probably just, you know, it's it's got the, to do the Far Cry thing where, for one, I think you have to, there, there'd be too much of a disconnect if you actually made the cultists like sympathetic, like well, <laughs> they wouldn't other, just like, be these randoms coming to be killed. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, there's a, the cult clearly has a large membership. <laughs> I know that there are at least. You know, nice. one thousand five hundred members because that's that's how many of the game tells me I've killed, <laughs> and there still seems to be more of them. But it doesn't even have the thing of like a charismatic leader because yeah, you never really see the main like the leader all that much. Like it, it's not like in Far Cry Three where it had Vass who was this you know who wasn't like a pretty enjoyable villain to experience, and then it was a shame that he kind of you kill him two thirds of the way through. Whereas in this game, you see the leader for one scene at the start of the game yeah. and do not see him. Yeah, I kind of got that one very far before as well. Because I, I think that after they had such a big success with having a very convincing villain in the first game, they kind of fell into that trap, I think of thinking like they didn't actually need to bother establishing what makes a villain compelling. Like people go in with the assumption that you know this guy's threatening this guy's imposing and i don't actually need to spend much time establishing like why because i mean because in far cry 4 you had uh i can't remember his name the king and he uh he was like you know like right at the start of the game you know they gave him his you know villainous character scene and so on 
but like it doesn't bother explaining to you like why he's such a dick or like why you should dislike him until like you discover some I don't know if it was audio logs or whatever, but it's quite far through the game until the game explains to you what your motivation is for disliking him so particularly. Like, and yeah, I can imagine it kind of suffering from that. I feel like, especially with, you know, the cult leader archetype, people are really keen to have that, you know, uh, here's our dangerous villain, but it's actually kind of hard to characterize him. So let's just skip that bit and go to the bits where he goes on a big monologue. Yeah, because you, 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 you see so little of him. Like, he's at the very start where he's like, and he's just kind of, you, you walk into a church and he's preaching, but you don't really actually hear what he's preaching because you kind of interrupt it and that's that's all you get. And then there's a bit of like, very vague, very careful yeah. not to make any kind of direct Christian references. Yeah. it's like, It's like, it's very clearly meant to be a kind of Christian cult, but they are incredibly careful to not re- like not actually directly reference yeah anything like really don't don't make it sound like it that's like actually in the bible or make it show show any kind of show any kind of christian iconography other i think there's a there's a priest who's a good guy uh who's like you know he's kind of protecting his local parish um and that's that's kind of what you see but yeah no they're, they're it's a game that's incredibly careful to not just not offend anyone despite being it's like it's it's very much here is a game that could be really relevant given the current political climate and could have something to say about you know far right extremism or kind of very hardline conservative christian cults oh. or just and I remember you, you, there was a lot of the there was a lot of the uh, the usual yeah, suspects yeah. losing I mean, their shit before uh, the game came out because they were like, "Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be imbalanced, unfair towards conservatives," and then it comes out and it's just it's just nothing, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I feel yeah, yeah. It's just a lot. Well, that was the well, that was the weird thing. Like it. It was very. It's yeah. very much just this. It like it, and, there's a lot of like flag waving, and that's about like, it. N- it's no just ex- like no examination of what America, the flag waving really means. I love my guns. Or, Everyone or loves the I gun. Like it's one thing that people tend to misunderstand, and I think it's got maybe it's got a lot to do with uh, the way the world is today. The rise of that kind of like easy populism is the fact that a lot of people just don't they don't understand a lot of a lot of things to do with. I would say like if you're talking about the cult, but they don't understand things to do with let's just say the power of religion to comfort someone who feels like they're in trouble that kind of thing and then they don't understand the power of politics to make people feel like they can relate to someone else's situation like i'm in their boots and that's why i side with them and then that can lead them into other things like i feel like a lot of people don't understand that kind of uh, almost empathetic response you get through a lot of uh like you know communal activity Yeah, there's there is there is absolutely nothing in the cult where it's like they showed up and initially were like, Hey, we understand that you're scared about X, we've got the answer. There's none of that, other than like a lot of vague preaching about society's corrupt and it's all big yeah. business and politicians, but like vaguely and that it's gonna end, man. But there's also like easy stuff it could have done 
in the like the kind of patriotism side where it it could have played up the idea of defending yeah like the ideas of home and family a bit more because I think that because mm-hmm. like a lot because of the the resistance are all just the local people that live there but so much of the fight is just you yeah in like random sawmills that are cult outposts and so you and because you're constantly and because you you bomb through the three different areas pretty quickly like it it just chucks characters at you and there's no real time for any of their development because it's like here is local leader tough person you're gonna (laughs) see them for five minutes and then you're gonna be on to the next one yeah and i think there's like there's like one mission where it 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 briefly mentions like you're fighting in someone's home to defend it against the cult and they you know they're like they're thinking of leaving and then it's like no this is our home um you know my wife is pregnant we're going to stay and fight and i think it would have just been you know it's a pretty you know like basic idea like sort of story motivator just to play up the idea that you know this is our home you know that yeah, they don't American want to be pushed freedom out. and you know your home like the house you know they could have played up the kind of american dream ideals but they never really did because you never really like there's never really that's the that problem like, with a lot of like, open like, world games especially ones with that resistance. kind of story structure is the world never you know like it never feels lived in really i i, I mean you can sometimes get it in a broad sense you know when people refer to saying, oh it's got a living breathing world and in a sense a lot of the time, they can make the world almost feel believable as like an entire organism. But when you get down to kind of the granular details, like what's this environment? Whose house is this? Like, how does this relate to that? Like, often it just falls apart, I think. And that really does mess with that kind of moment. Yeah, like, because the only really time it goes into it is a lot of the time you'll, you'll be at a place... Or like where you liberate a cult outpost and out of nowhere. some people show up, <laughs> like in Far Cry Three, like the resistance people show up once you've liberated it. Out of nowhere, and they'll be like, Oh man, this used to be so and so's house. And so you get it in a very kind of passive way where it's like Oh man, the cult killed the family that lived here. There's very little relation yeah. between the characters you meet and they're like, We've got to fight for like our home and yeah. you know, land and yeah, yeah. I think that's because they don't want to take like the impetus away from the player as being like, because because Far Cry is like uh, it's an ego game basically. It's about you being the best, and killing everyone, and being like super action mega hero. Yeah, I think if they that's why they don't do those sort of like story beats that are kind of more personal. They just that's it's just. A I don't know. I think I think it was it, you know it could it was just it was they would they would have been pretty easy story beats to hit because it's it's very basic just kind of. Yeah, American Americans defending their homeland. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it was done in like Red Dead Redemption and stuff. You see bits yeah. in that, and I, I, I completely oh, yeah, I mean, agree that it could be done. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, I just yeah, try to think of it from their no, perspective. I'd say there's a lot of good reasons like, for what they've done. I like obviously the reason they didn't uh, go too heavy on any of the uh, the political or religious aspects of the story were probably because they didn't want to push away any members of their fan base, or they didn't they didn't want to they didn't want to make the game polarizing in any way, like. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you think about it, just the oh, yeah. stuff, the amount of things in America that just get... I mean, Harry Potter got changed <laughs> from the Philosopher's Stone because America can't handle philosophy? 
I mean, uh, yeah, if they'd put like anything remotely Christian, it wouldn't have even been artificial. Whatever they, ch- they no, so they changed it to the Sorcerer's Stone. That Sorcerer's Stone, yeah, because sorcerers are somehow better than. I don't think. I think that. I think that was just more. They were like, yeah, people won't understand philosopher, right? I don't think that was. That, that wasn't a religious thing. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of other things as well. Like, well, it was, it was more than just there were. Yeah, I remember hardline, that. It's you know, satanic. Like just people being like my, uh, Harry Potter. My my great aunt yeah. was like that yeah, for I a bit actually. Really. She was well, not not quite yes. so much like that, but she's she's very. She's very Christian, and she was like. She was honestly she, she a bit was, like, she, she I, I'm worried about the effect of, of them teaching the, these kids about, you know, about magic to idolize these kinds of things. And, you know, everyone else was a bit baffled by it. But, you know, like, I, I think one of the things that's that's interesting about it is, what was I going to say? Anyway, I've spaced out. On you go. Someone else. Uh, what I was going to ask was, do you think the there's a, there's a social commentary <laughs> about the fact that you play a police officer and you murder a lot of people, but then you arrest the last guy? You're like, I'll, I'll arrest him. I won't kill him like the 15,000 other people of 1,500? I can't remember which one you said now. You've, you've managed to kill, but you'll, you'll arrest the one, the final guy, because reasons? I don't know. I, the, I just no. if there was something there. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> It literally, I think it's literally just that they could have him get to, like I they mean, could reach their ending where it's like, oh, right. I guess the apocalypse did happen. Oh, it's, yeah. But it, yeah, so I, I think it would just been. I would because I got that's the thing because it, it you then kind of see everything desolated. Mm. So like you you get through the credits and it takes you back to the main menu and it shows you like previously the the background to the main the main menu is. Is just the you know these like rolling hills and lovely, um, like kind of lovely white houses and it's all very picturesque, and then yeah. now it's all changed and it's kind of gloomy and there's lots of ruined houses and it's it's you know it's kind of a, a wasteland, and so I was like oh man this, you know, I've been I I was getting a little bored of the kind of free roam stuff because I'd done quite a lot, I'd cleared out most of the areas there's not much left for me to do maybe I'll get you know that maybe this is going to kind of like reinvigorate it to be like. You complete the main game, and now here's here's the kind of we, we've changed things up just a little bit for the final for your kind of free world finishing off everything. But no, yeah. it, oh. it just takes you back to the to the sort of everything just before it all happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which was a bit disappointing. I've always yeah, yeah. Um, I've always kind of respected what, like, a a Far Cry's like almost commitment to the downer ending. But in in many ways, it often doesn't mesh with the rest of the game, like <laughs> at all. Because I mean, Far Cry Three was a bit like that. I, I can't remember. Like, it, it's a weird thing that I can't remember what the good ending was in that game. I think you just leave. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you either no, like you. Oh yeah, you, you stab die. your friends. I mean, you that, get, that's kind or, of a lame or, or downer ending, stabbed. honestly. I've always thought the the player character dies is a is a bad one because like one way or another you don't really care about yourself in games like unless the player character is like actually get some characterization which fucking blando mcchudface in that game didn't uh <laughs> jason brody you mean you, mean you, you didn't love the plight <laughs> extreme of sports jason brody. No, exactly him and his <laughs> extreme sports enthusiasts <laughs> him and his wank friends exactly no and but, and amateur like, tattoo I mean, artists you, like you'd obviously feel a bit bad like cutting your friend's throat or whatever but then <laughs> so yeah you know i mean just those casual things you do on the weekend but uh <laughs> just 
but like like I mean at least that's got some effect. It's a little bit bad. You think about it for yeah, 10, exactly. 15 I mean, minutes after. It's just sometimes it's Saturday, this, Saturday night in Scotland. But you know what I mean? Like if you die at the end of a story, you know the story's ending anyway, if you know what I mean? But it's like if because it's not it's not like a choice that affects yeah, yeah, yeah. what almost what you feel like the story is, it's unless you can eye, actually see other characters being affected by. It, I guess I don't really know what I'm I'm talking about, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's a cop ending. It's a bit like having it's, it has the same oh, yeah. sort of evokes the same feeling yeah. of being like it was all a dream sort of thing. I mean, like, well, it ends either way of like. There should be something more And And now, now that I've remembered, in Far Cry 3, even if you choose to kill your friends, you die anyway, if I remember right. So, you know, what's what's the point? But Far Cry yeah. 2 had some, some really good downer yeah, endings, because that was that whole game, basically. Yeah. Like, Far Cry 2 was almost like a game where the downer endings felt like the rest of the game. <laughs> in... Yeah, like, I guess it, cause it was, it was, you know, it was saying, like, you are a bad person. You're a mercenary in a war-torn yeah. country, making things worse. You just feel bad, as opposed to like Far Cry Five, where it's like you're this random person that has armed yourself with twelve spades and a grenade launcher with a shark mask <laughs> on their face, and you've done nothing but well, well shoot meeting arrows our cast of colourful characters and so on. I guess like... it's the apocalypse now. Oh yeah, that... like the the uh, the tone of it is all over the place because like in just everything. So it's like one mission, you're helping uh, this very reserved kind of bow hunting lady who's kind of all somber because she was forced as a child to <laughs> okay. eat her parents alive by the cult or something. Right. And and so you're like and you are now hunting down this guy known as the the cook that makes people. <laughs> That like takes children, doesn't feed them for ages, and then like chops bits off their parents and like f- feeds them so that they and 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 like you're and you're slowly sort of working like going from cult outpost to cult outposts, kind of witnessing trying to intervene in these like executions, and then you finally get to the cook and you kill him. And <laughs> it's super grim. And then the next level, you you're Help playing her, around with uses her, uses grenade launcher to this, fish. Like, <laughs> God, who's this kind of? <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly that. Or oh, it's like, help, <laughs> Disco Stew, the flaming rock star, this who's just a guy with a flamethrower who likes to like, yeah. do flamethrower things to disco music. Yeah, it kind of it can't decide whether it wants to it's be like, like a, a serious, uh, uh, emotional video game or, or like you said, Just Cause. Like, <laughs> I, I've honestly thought sometimes Just Cause is a bit weird in that aspect as well. Yeah. In that, I feel like it really did take those games a while to like settle in. In the, then they didn't like. It, it was very like sandbox. I don't really felt like it really bothered having an interesting, like, colorful cast of wacky characters or whatever. But anyway, yeah, it's it's because the game bounces around so much between extremes. It just it just encourages you to be like, I don't care anymore. Just skip, skip the cutscene. Yeah. It makes and... the whole everything just feel like none of it's real. We are like. It was immerse you in any way because it's not consistent. That seems very odd. Um, I suppose it's just very Far Cry at the same time. Yeah, well, the I think that's the one great thing. I I think I've only very briefly mentioned. This. So in Far Cry Primal, they added javelins yeah. um, as like 
so because before you had like throwing knives but then i think far my far cry primal added like throwing spears and they've kept that mechanic in far cry 5 apart from you can throw your melee weapons uh and you can throw spades in the exact same way you can throw javelins and there's like a perk that lets you carry extra melee weapons so you can carry 12 spades and hurl them like javelins and they just insta kill people and i was about to but more than that it just full-on ragdolls them and if you're lucky it just pins them to stuff (laughs) What? How strong are you? Th- How do you throw these spades? So yeah, you're carrying twelve spades, and you can just launch them at people. Yeah, <laughs> and they are, yeah, a lethal. That is ridiculous. So yeah, so you're just running around with spades, and it's hilarious. I, I am curious though about you know, the ending of the apocalypse bit. Does the ending kind of just validate the cult being like? <laughs> it feels um... like a, a, a non. So the, the plot is essentially you go to stop a, a man who's made a cult about the apocalypse, who was then right about the apocalypse, but you've killed all his followers so they don't survive the apocalypse. Yeah, but they're also just kind of evil because they crucify people and brainwash them and f- feed them drugs and stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's yeah. like... I suppose there's, there's that bit as well. Yeah, but the apocalypse... <laughs> well, because I guess it... Because in Far Cry 3, you had the um, Blood Dragon DLC, which was set in like in a future <laughs> after the apocalypse, where everything is neon. Yes. And so I guess that is the... I guess, so this, this is the continuity. apocalypse that is referenced in, in oh, you Blood think Dragon. It, it ties through. Yeah, like... Because <laughs> Herc, the, well, that's the, the happy arms That's the thing I love. Like, I remember in, you know, Far Cry 2, the whole plot was like, oh, you're hunting yeah. down this like scum-of-the-earth arms dealer. Who like deliberately gives you malaria, and is is like the worst human alive. And then like Far Cry Three, it's like here's your happy chum Herc who sells guns. (laughs) 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 He straps bombs to monkeys. (laughs) Far Cry One. Do you you die? Do you die at the end of Far Cry One? Do you know? No clue. Because I've played it, but I, I don't think I ever actually quite got to the end. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I think the end involves you fighting super mutants. Far Cry is fucking all over the place. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. I remember people getting upset at Far Cry too because they were like, "Oh, the first game like wasn't anywhere near this this grim," and then like because it was just this like kind of wacky adventure, and then like Far Cry Three was like like a bit of both. We're really going into the future, and then four and five were just Far Cry Three again. So, with minor improvement. Mm. Not that I hate Far Cry, but uh, I, I mean, it's 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 kind of a shame to see a series that's like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's moved forward meaningfully since three at all. Yeah, it five kind of feels like. I think if you took out four, five would feel like a, yeah, like okay. a kind of a step forward and like yeah, this is the sequel. I yeah, think it's just because you've had like because you've had the previous two games, it feels like I guess it's been very incremental, less slightly less of a step. Just because it, because mm, it is just such minor changes in each one. Yeah, oh, I forgot so about Primal. That it brings stuff from Primal. We just mean the 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 you know the spear stuff <laughs> like the 
the super spades. <laughs> yeah, the so the, the spades are the, are the spears. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if there's anything else it kind of brought in from Primal. Um, Not that I played Primal, so. No, you can't control animals. <laughs> no. Herc. Uh, well, I'm not sure if he's in Primal, but he there's a, it references Primal at his house because he's got a whole lot of like oh. packing boxes with like the names. <laughs> the of the implication the being that here's, here's my box from right. like here's my box from you know uh, flipping you know the whatever collection of islands Far Cry Three was. Uh, here, here's one from like uh, like R- I don't know, Rook, fake I- Tibet. Rook Island, and then here's one from yeah, here's one from millions of years in the past and- where. And Where we used psychic powers to use owls to hunt. <laughs> All in a day's work. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, that that is the that's the like quite good like the D system is the buddy system is is good fun because you can basically get two helpers that come along and you and that you you know you get lots of different flavors. So you've got your stealth helper, you've got a bear. You've got a, a man in an attack helicopter. Wait, what? You got you got a bear? Yeah. So my 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 preferred uh, sort of roaming cohorts was uh, a, a mountain lion and a dog <laughs> who just followed me around. In, in the, okay. So how in the fiction does Far Cry say so you get a... you make friends with a bear and a dog? Um, I think I. I can't remember what I think I gave the mountain lion a treat and it, it liked me. <laughs> and the dog I did something similar and the bear D the bear you give D, a D's D burger. Lion. This is this oh, is Metal Gear Solid. And then... yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does, actually that's the one thing the, yeah, the game is is good fun. But it does have the problem it it, right. it adds in fl- uh like uh air vehicles. So now you can fly around in helicopters and planes, but it does suffer from the fact that any mission that you oh, yeah, fly I guess. an attack helicopter to I mean, is just becomes trivial. <laughs> it's like you... I could spend a long time like stealthing my way through this, or gu- sure... running in guns blazing and have a really tough fight. I'm pretty sure there were some kind of like air vehicles in at least the three and four, <laughs> but they were like weren't they like they're like tiny helicopters, weren't they? Like. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be the one that I'm thinking. They added, they added like, like a, a little yeah, gyrocopter in four. <laughs> Attack chopper. Yeah, yeah. But no, so it, like, I think you, I think you could shoot from it with your own weapons, but it wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't like protect you much. And in three, you had hang gliders. Like a fucking little bird. But no, in this, you've got, you know, you've got helicopters that have mounted rockets and machine guns. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> just shut up and... What if you just go to their HQ and just... Game over for just launch the missiles into the church or whatever, sort it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, why, they're immortal until you Why didn't they just take the, e- the eagles to Mount Doom? That's what we all need to know. So Far Cry 5. Yeah. This is the Far Cry 5 cast. Um... Yeah. yeah, it is. If you've en- if you've enjoyed previous, you could Far say Cries, the game isn't a, a far you know cry from its and... predecessor. That's no one has ever made that joke before. That's patented. Oh. <laughs> never, no, never. First you get time. some symbols to play after. No one's, no one's done that either. That's <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. Uh...
What else have people been playing? I've what I've been playing, um I mean board game wise, I, I dug out a game that I hadn't played for quite a long time. Uh Cosmic Encounter. Yes. Which is it's a difficult one to describe. Like I've been having trouble I was really surprised that not many people in my board game group had heard of it. And so I was trying to describe it to them to to get people interested in playing. And it's it's very difficult because it's a it's kind of a strategy game. Like the, the idea is you you're you draw a random alien race that has a unique power and the game revolves around trying to capture other people's planets. So you start with five planets in front of you that have little spaceships on and each each round or on your turn, it the game says, Okay, you can attack this this person's planets. It's a random like you draw a card and it tells you who you can attack and then you can send a number of spaceships from your from your planets to attack their planet and then so you like up like there's actually there's a limit so you can send at most four and then it's like okay who has the highest strength i've sent four they've got three you have a hand of cards that have mostly numbers on you both choose a card play it secretly and then reveal and whoever you add the number to the number of your spaceships and whoever has the higher number wins the battle so like it's super simple until you start adding in all the kind of crazy effects that the game has. Yeah, and, so like, and just just other people as well because you can be like, do you want to come in on this this attack with me, or would you like to help me defend? And then there's the, the interesting intergalactic. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of there's, like, a, there's a there's a lot of negotiation to it. So you can yeah. you, you can invite allies to help you defend your planet or help you attack a planet. Yeah, uh, and basically once you've once you've got colonies on five of the planets you win the game and it's very it's a very chaotic game like you're not you're never quite sure how it's going to play out because you because i've picked up some expansions recently but the main game comes with 50 different kind of alien races that have different powers Mm -hmm. that change up the game massively so there's one there's one there's one alien who just wins if they if the game goes on for a certain amount of time (laughs) uh i've played one where uh when i put down my card like my uh encounter card that has has like a strength on it that i when i play it i um i announce my power and then the other person has to reveal the one that they played and i don't have to reveal mine i can just say what it is so so they're like they reveal strength 10 like oh i played strength 20 and then they can either accept that, or if they call it, uh, and they're wrong or they're right, like one of us gets punished. Cool. Uh, but yeah, cool. but yeah, the so sometimes you get these crazy combinations of powers that just like create really like that change the game fundamentally. So suddenly something that would work doesn't work anymore, and you've got to like, and you've got to change the way you play yeah and it's really interesting but sometimes you get powers that aren't very interesting or and it just doesn't quite work which i think is why i put it away initially just because i'd had one or two games where that had i'd been thinking of where every time i thought about would i play it i was like that's not that great and then i got out recently and had had a hilarious game it is with the right people it is one of the funniest games you can play it, yeah, 
just because of like if you're <laughs> if you're the only person who has like an amazing power against a team of people who have <laughs> fairly shit ones, then people are just gonna bully you. And then the same is true if you're like the only person who has a shit power against a bunch of people who have amazing stuff. <laughs> you're like, uh, I want to be on your team <laughs> or something. It has. It, I find it. I always find it fascinating whenever I play it. Yeah. Also, in in the. So I, like I played the last game I played was three players and I had yeah so I had the power to bluff as to the card I, as to what the card I had played was. Uh, someone yeah. else could punish you if they basically set, if they invited you to either defend them or help them attack and you turn yeah. them down, then you you had to take like a forfeit. Right. Uh, and then the third person had the ability to swap their hand of cards with you whenever you right. hadn't like whenever you hadn't an encounter with them. Which is really difficult if you're trying to lie about the card that you're playing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they know what I have in my hand. Have you considered using a uh, real-life blackmail? That is really interesting. Just to uh, kidnap everyone's children or something before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Send the menacing text under the table. Well, like, that, I mean, that could, could well be a card. Like, there's, oh, there's, nice. one, there's one power that you can get in the game that literally lets you just cheat. So like it's a it's a it's a card that you can draw like there are so you can gain like extra little powers uh, for the, as you draw cards into your hand and one of them just is you can cheat so you can just take cards from the draw pile and you're allowed to do that as long as no one notices and then if they catch you you play the card and you have to return what you've cheated and you have to suffer a penalty. But yeah, so like you can end up these situations where you, you look, you're not paying attention and you look around and someone just has the entire deck in their hand. Where did this come <laughs> so from? How did you get that? It's brilliantly simple to teach as well. It is, it is uh, cosmic. So it it's um, it, as soon as you've played like a few, you see it, see someone playing it, it always looks fun to play and it's easy enough to just be like, so simple to teach because it's like hand of cards you have an alien race you're trying to get five points five five on five planets that's it that's literally the game everything else sort of just plays off of what other people have and they're just talking to people which is yeah well that's the, it, that simpleness is what always made it a struggle to get people like interested because it was like there trust me there is more to the game here but it exists yeah, yeah. in the players and and the powers yes yeah, yeah. it's all those individual uh, alien cards because they're all they're all different and there's like I said 50 in the base box is insane <laughs> so yeah um, yeah I've played I played a cool board game recently actually cool board game for cool people uh, cool people like video games as well I played the Civilization a New Dawn board game which is new-ish I suppose yeah pretty new yeah uh, so it's it's basically Civilization I mean you you you're putting down cities, you're capturing places, you're doing trade, you attack people if you want to. But all of this happens with you have five cards in front of you, and then a little a little ticker tracker along the top that goes from one to five. And the higher number the card is along this sort of tracker, the better it is. So you kind of want to always try and use stuff when it's at five, if possible, to get the most out of it. And so when you it, when you use a card, does it go down to the bottom? Yeah, it sort of cycles down and round, so everything shuffles forwards and that goes down to the bottom. 
Yeah, and it has all the um, sort of trappings of a Civ game with like, you know, all the wonders that we'd expect to see and uh, a lot of the civilizations and stuff and every civilization has like a slight power bonus that's kind of, you know, it's not like massively overpowered, it won't change the game hugely, but it's kind of makes you have like a different strategy initially kind of thing. Like so does game. it, how satisfying is it to, to build up your civilization? Because I guess that's the big, that's just a big part of the... yeah. I mean, the it Civ is experience quite satisfying. is that just satisfying yeah. growth and yeah. kind of cultivation of a a nice place. Yeah, I mean the the whereas in regular Civ you kind of get to one like victory goal and then you just win. And this you've got to get I think it's three or four different ones, and they're kind of of like having so many cities, having um, you know beating up a load of people in war, uh, or done a couple of other things like built certain wonders of certain types um in in this you kind of get um influence tokens that go on the board which kind of like you know like in civ 6 you have like your boards of your of your empire that like so mm. your color that sort of, can sort of mesh up against someone else's and that kind of shows how far you've kind of gaining resources and stuff well in this you're you're placing down i think called focus tokens or territory tokens something like that tokens of some description down and they kind of show like, like what area of the board you've control for that moment and you're still placing cities and things and uh you've got little caravans that go to other uh, other places but the core of it is just sort of these five cards which is really i found quite at first i was like is that it is that really it is that it because those are kind of your different tech trees so uh, one of them is, is literally do research and as, as your research goes up you replace say pottery for something better than pottery i forgot what the names of the specific techs are but as you go along you kind of go through like like you do in regular Civ through like tech phase one, two, three, four. So you kind of go from having like As you do. pottery to having nuclear power, for example. So the the techs you're researching are like are the acts you kind of upgrading the action you can take in the game. Yeah, yeah, and you only ever do like one one action pretty much. So it turns can go around quite quickly. It can be it's it's not a game where you often have a lot of time where you're waiting for it to be your turn, or if you are. You kind of you're watching what the other person's doing because like they're maybe they're moving quite near to your borders and you don't really like that and uh, yeah it, I it definitely for me I definitely found it had that sort of like civ in a board game experience. How how uh, quick did it play? I mean, it was for our first game. It, it, the box says one to two hours. I would say that is wrong. I think it took us closer to four, which was it was definitely like an afternoon, like a full afternoon of playing it. Um, but a bit of that was me teaching the teaching the rules, and then as kind of having like, you know, sort of just just getting to grips with how all the systems mesh together and stuff, and learning it, and uh, forgetting me forgetting halfway through that I could do that that like to go for the actual goal of like like the winning points, like the actual end game achievement things, and like like I want to do that to win, uh, sort of thing. Just sort of being like, oh yeah, I was just having kind of a good time building a civilization <laughs> that I forgot to that actually happens. win. <laughs> uh, and I didn't win. <laughs> it, it does, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it has its problems. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch. I don't like the way the like it, it the way it's um, really abstracts down. The combat is not very satisfying. Pretty much, um, you don't have any troops or any units. Everything sort of happens from your influence points. If you're a certain number of influence like tokens away from somewhere, then you can attack them. And the way you do that is rubbish in that you both roll a dice 
and then depending on any bonuses you all have, the person with the highest number just wins. So it's influence kind of like your territory, so you're 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 kind of pushing borders back and forth rather than Yeah, pretty like much. Yeah, these little tokens you place down and in each individual hex show like where your borders are and different powers that you move that sort of initially you can only put it around your first city and then you build another city, you put it around that one, and then certain uh, wonders will let you place them sort of going a bit further out again, so you kind of you can push into other places. Which is, I find, I think it's a really interesting system. The, I think my main gripe is with the combat of just being like something could because it's kind of pure strategy until that point. Like, there's not a lot of randomness in any of the things you do until it comes to doing the combat, which is just incredibly random. For example, uh, if you attack someone on a mountain, they have a defense of five. Say, I'm attacking someone's uh, influence token. They're probably not called influence tokens, but you know what I mean. That sort of territory bit on a mountain, it gets a defense of five. And I'm attacking it from uh, somewhere, and maybe I've got a bonus of, of two from my thing I'm attacking it from. We both roll dice, they roll a six, I roll a one. I, it just, you lose because of randomness. And it's, it's incredibly, it, I don't know, it doesn't, it, at no point did I go, yay, I won. I did something clever when I was attacking. I went, yay, the dice rolled the number I wanted it to roll. Because mm. you're only rolling a single d6. It's not like... Okay, yeah, it does feel... It's not a lot that comes into it. It's, it's, that is, it's just not great, the combat. And I don't know if that's to kind of discourage you from doing a lot of fighting. Sounds like it would. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It does have that night... Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of did for it, but it didn't for, it for me. I was like, I really wanted to kind of see how the combat worked it, so I kept sort of prodding my neighbour occasionally. <laughs> uh, and then also there's barbarians that wander around that you can beat up for resources. But no, it, I, it was good. I definitely uh, love to play it again and try and see some more things from it. Try out a couple of the other factions, maybe factions. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in kind of in just hearing hearing more about how you found it because the idea, like, I saw where I sort of saw their FFG's articles about it when they were kind of gearing up for its release, and just the idea yeah. of a kind of Civ board game experience that you could get done in two hours ish yeah. just seemed really just just seemed really exciting because they yeah. they yeah because they because Battle for Rock again, which is a another game they released but sort of at the end of last year. Was kind of was promising again a kind of concise strategy experience in in a short amount of time, and that and that delivers so like it it gives you a kind of just an exciting kind of an exciting like strategy like just lots of tough strategy decisions, but it still plays in like an hour and a half, and it's just which is just yeah. super reasonable. Yeah, and I think because everything is just about like, and on your turn, your decisions are just based on those five cards in front of you, you have the, you only have five actions that you can ever do. So it it's, makes it really accessible because, especially because the, the initial five are quite simple and then it gradually scales up to be more complicated. It's never like, for example, like the, one of the people I played with doesn't play a lot of like those sort of like complex strategy board games. And initially he was a bit like, oh, this looks a bit too complicated for me. I'm not sure it's going to be for me. And then, but then after sort of about two turns, he knew what he was doing because he just had five cards in front of him that told him exactly what he needed to do, five choices of doing five different things. And then it gradually got more complicated so that he could kind of keep up with the curve of it being complicated, which I think is a really good way to sort of introduce someone into something that is a more complex board game than something uh, much simpler. 
But no, I really like the card system of just being like, pick the most comp, the one thing, but you kind of want to wait until it's the most powerful it can be, but maybe you want to do the thing sooner than waiting five turns for it. So, yeah. So you're kind of trying to set up that optimal like action chain where you can do each yes. thing in the like that perfect order so that you can do like a that fi- that's the fi- that five chain cycle where you're like yeah yeah gonna it, do some pottery can, gonna do some masonry and then do some other stuff do some do some boats books. yeah some boats some books some all sorts of it yeah it really does have that nice puzzle of being like right, do that one there then that one there then eventually it'll be in that nice chain for me yeah and then all the wonders all do crazy stuff as well that just sort of affect, affect how the game works in one way or another, which kind of... Do you get little like, miniatures for the wonders? You don't, unfortunately. You get a little token they slot under a city. But you get little city miniatures and uh, a little... Um, nice. Little caravans <clears throat> that, that, that run along. But, yeah, it's alright. Yeah, And it's all it's all nicely hex-based and it kind of, all the hexes kind of... I think it's, they're all, it's all like kind of Groups of hexes that kind of I mean, slot together quite. It sounds like it actually be uh, kind of satisfying. Uh, good for if you like hexes. Like I don't know, someone something. like me who's not. Let's just. I mean, I don't know. It, it sounds interesting in that. Maybe because I'm not really that into board games, but I've played a bit of Civ, so like it'd be relatable. But then, if you say that something like the combat yeah. is like considerably less tactical than like I'm used to in the video game version maybe that would be unusual for a Civ player yeah I I think it is I mean it's still there is still a, a ta- like a strategy to it I mean if you there I, I think it more sort of emphasizes like maybe yeah. having sort of a win that you're kind of, you want you have kind of guaranteed to win I've been like, there's there's little point you try to fight something just for the sake of fighting it when you're probably not going to win, and then but then if you have weighing up those odds of being like, well, I probably have a seventy percent chance of being able to mm-hmm. win this fight, which is sort of the case sometimes in Civ. Um, yeah, the combat is definitely the weakest area of it, um, which is a shame. Yeah. But, oh well, that's good. Uh, I don't that's think good. it kind of ruins the entire experience. Yeah. Shall uh, when we meet up sometime, we'll have I'll have to bring it with, and you can. I mean, I would say I would say you could log log it all the way to the, the UK Games Expo, and we can play there. But it's probably, probably yeah. you probably don't need to be bringing games to it if you're gonna. This is a high yeah, chance exactly. of you bringing games back from it. You don't need to <laughs> fill up your suitcase exactly. even more. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully someone else will have it there, or it'll be in the. Uh, the general play lounge, and we'll be able to grab a copy to play there. Oh, yeah, true. Sometime, but yeah, no, I'm coming down on the coach. I don't want to. I want to bring as little as possible, really. Because uh, I've got, I've got, <laughs> yeah, the, the behind the scenes of bits and pieces there. What is looking like going to be a five-hour coach Ooh, journey down to, to Birmingham, which is a long old time. <laughs> I'm sure there's good reasons. Yeah, I'm Are not you... quite sure why it takes <laughs> five hours, but. It does. Just, just as well. I'm not coming down because I can imagine sure none of them are good reasons. Big fucker yeah. of a raid. Oh, true. Are you? Yeah, I mean, you probably just get the train. No, right? I wouldn't just do not the train. The Cost too much money. I'm a mega bus like, guy. Yeah, from, from like. Uh... Yeah, but it, 
<laughs> yeah, true, yeah. But I mean, like, it probably, it probably gets, like, <laughs> works out being practically cheaper uh, the further away you are. Yeah, the, the tra- the, like, if I get it in advance, the train, the train from London is not too bad because it's, like, an hour and a bit over an hour. Yeah. I think it still takes three hours on the train. It is not a direct one from where I am, so I have to go to change at various places. I figured, say, instead of having to shed out loads of money for it, I might as well just sit that sounds good. for five hours. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is the, that's the UK Games Expo, which we're attending you... in a month's time. In, in a month's time. First, yes. at, first, at, first of June. <laughs> it's whinging. Uh, and while it may not sound like we're <laughs> excited for it, because as we moan about the journey, <laughs> there are quite a lot of things we're excited for. We put, I think we, we just put up a an article of the things that we're excited for. Yes, we do. It not game, not being... not games specifically, more than the general great experiences that you can have there. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you, you two have a good stuff, time. And it involves being fairly Hopefully... silly at times. So, uh, <laughs> I certainly had fun. Does <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the thing? I think. Did you edit uh, me into saying the word "cray" at one point? Uh, yeah, I did. I think because <laughs> I was really back through that. And I was like, I didn't write that. <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple of bits so I did. Just I don't know. It felt like it would be funnier. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. Uh, you said you I, didn't have a quiz. I have a quiz. You want to do a quiz? Oh, go on, go on then. Before, before we wrap up, <laughs> a surprise so, quiz. A surprise <laughs> quiz. Hello, is it dinner time? <laughs> no, it's quiz time. Let's do a surprise quiz first. So, um, I've got a bit obsessed with my like various game statistics. So I, I, I'm, I've put my Ooh. account into PSN profiles, and I've got all sorts of cool stats. So this is Nevi's cool stats quiz. Uh, right, I, I fully believe I quiz? know everything about you. So ready? Are you ready? And all your percentages. I, I thought as much. So. You might actually win a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so... There's, there's a reason I spent a long time hacking your PSN account. I knew this would come up. <laughs> there you go. You see, it's time well spent, stalking Nevi. Time well spent. <laughs> right, so, quiz question number one. Which day of the week do I get the most trophies mm. on? Well... Guess a day of the week. You're, you're a freelancer, so it's not going to be like a typical one, like Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> I'm thinking like, like Wednesday. I'm gonna say. Wednesday I'm gonna say Monday because I'm pretty sure we've played Monster Hunter on a Monday before. It means you've got to be on your PlayStation on a Monday. We have. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Dirty you Sorry, you've not paid your, your PS Plus sub this month. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you just said you are both, so I'm assuming he's gonna say wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna say it wrong. Oh. Yes, <laughs> oh, they're they're actually oh, my lowest too. Uh, my highest is on a Saturday. The, the false yeah. historically, I've had the most right. on a Saturday. You're, you're not allowed to have a normal weekend. Don't you dare! <laughs> I think it's probably uh, just the day when I uh, I have like a day when I just sort of binge things go. like The Walking Dead or something and get like sixteen a day or something. Right, so. Question number two of Nevi's PSN trophy quiz. What time of day have I had the most uh, trophies? 4am. 
Ooh. Uh, no, I'm going to say, like, say like 8.30 in the evening. Uh, 3 in the afternoon. Maybe. Piss. George is correct. 8 o'clock. It's the, it's the, it's the highest number. Can read you like a 3 o'clock is sort of middling. Yeah. So, okay. Actually, okay. 3 o'clock is, the, is like the third highest, so quite far off, yeah. In... in in the tw- <laughs> yeah. Here are the this 24 weird. top hours is... that Nebby earns. <laughs> His trophies. Coming, coming soon to a list. Right, let me give you the rundown. The shipping The top 24 style. gaming hours. <laughs> oh, nice. Surprisingly, 5 a.m. Uh, I've had a few at 5 a.m. You don't need to don't remember it to remember unlock ever trophies. I've been on my PlayStation at 5 a.m., but apparently. Yeah, five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, I, I unlocked a few while I was poking around in your account. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> right. Okay. So, one of the things that this site does, it gives you a game rank for how well you've done in getting trophies on each game. On a, on a rank between S and F, uh, what do you think my average game rank is? F. I'm going to say, I, I think it would be pretty quite bad so quickly. I, I, like, the thing with PS Plus is that you get a ton of games that you never play. So I'm going to say like like E. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to go D. Yeah, I'm going to go D rank. Because I'm probably the same. Because it's like... Yeah, I've corrected. It's E. You just, I just launched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just... I just launch all these fucking games and unlock like maybe maybe one trophy if I'm lucky and Uh, then never touch it again. Yeah, well, those will be on your account forever. And tried about twelve different games for about five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so they're just sort of there now. (laughs) Yeah, which was uh, which was good. Right. So, uh, where's my? My, my other cool cool stats. So you will not be forgiven. I lost the page. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> I, I know. Um, okay, so I have I have a few platinum trophies. What is my fastest platinum trophy out of these three choices? Life is strange. The Telltale's Batman or Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> The name of the Ratchet and Clank game is as he forgets the the, the sort Size of second matters. half of it. No, it's the other one. Uh, the second one that released on the PS3. The second Ratchet and Clank game on the PS3. That, oh, it's Agent the go. Secret Agent Clank one. Is it? Okay. No, that's the PSP one. Oh my goodness, brain work. A crack in time. There we are. So yeah, life is strange. Well, tell you tell casual- or Ratchet and Clank, a crack in time, which uh, is yeah. my fastest I'm going to say Telltale's Batman. I'm going to say... You said a minute ago that like it probably you, know, gives you, you unlocked for a ton nothing. of trophies playing Telltale's Batman, so I'm like, well... Exactly. Oh, See, fuck. I, I've seeded that in there. This is... And, uh, wouldn't get this from Chris Tarrant, mate. <laughs> yeah, my... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you wouldn't. <laughs> Chris Tarrant wouldn't mislead his guests. If I went on, if I went on Mastermind, Maybe he should, I wouldn't he get this shit. millions of pounds all the time. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> no, it was in fact um, Life is Strange. Is that, that like forty hours or like two days? days. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, it just says in two days. Is, yeah, so okay. we have 48 hours from the first to the last, apparently. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember why. I think I was off ill from my from Hell being, sick, like, dude. A proper job. So I was like, ooh, a video game. Yeah. Final um, quest. And I have a final, final one. question. <laughs> I don't like this because it will mean that. Here, I won that one quiz a while ago. I lost a quiz in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, I've got <laughs> five rarest achievement trophies. Right. Here we go. Which is the rarest of the five rarest? <laughs> is it Boxing Day Test on Sports Friends? Connoisseur Club on Stealth Inc. 2, A Game of Clones. Is it Core Blimey from The Swindle? Is it I Don't Ken from Lumo? Or is it Contract Complete from Stealth Inc. 1? So that's Boxing Day Test, Connoisseur Club, Core Blimey, I Don't Ken, or Contract Complete. Which is the rarest of the five? Stealth Inc. was quite hard. Go. So I'm going to say Stealth Inc. Also, I'm, I'm always raging. Because wasn't that that game that they changed the title from Stealth Bastard to Stealth Inc.? And Stealth Bastard is such a good name for a game. Yeah, yeah they did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the PC version is still called Stealth Bastard, yes. <laughs> it threw me off when I... Because I thought, I thought they were different games. <laughs> and I downloaded it on my Vita. I was like... I was like, is this just different <laughs> to the other one? <laughs> the stealth bastard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, go it... with the first one. Uh, oh, fuck. Test. I wasn't yeah, paying right. attention. Gav, I'm going to need to narrow you down because there uh, were two stealth ink ones. Connoisseur Club or Contract Complete? Contract Complete. Well, uh, so Connoisseur Club like from Stealth Inc. 2, one. Contract Complete from Stealth Inc. 1. Oh no! I don't. I mean, I don't know if it is. It's that doesn't sound George rare at all. It was a uh, Boxing Day test on Sports Friend. Contract complete. I, I, Fuck. Contract complete is just for finishing all of the main. So it's one one. Beats, I think old sectors from the original stealth thing. Yeah, it is. I I, I should get a played it at the last minute. Yeah, Boxing Day test. You have um... to play a specific game on Sports Friends on Boxing Day. Um, Never I underestimate I just did the power of guessing. <laughs> yeah, my my rarest though was 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 core blimey from the swindle, which I what is it? I what have it? no memory of of actually ever doing. So <laughs> you, it's smashing a crow through a window. <laughs> yeah, I played the game for ages, but I have no memory of ever doing that. So, so there you go. Right, okay, so. For all the biscuits, uh, the tiebreaker tie question is going to be about my very first trophy. Was it for Final Fantasy XIII, Darksiders, Lost Planet 2, Ooh. Ninja Gaiden, or Uncharted? Ooh, uh, Uncharted. Ooh. Uncharted was a system seller. I yeah, that does that does seem like a game that would come with with the PlayStation. Yeah, 
after you've both going uncharted because if you both go uncharted this invalidates yeah the, well the, that is that is the fundamental flaw with our quizzing system because next time you can have a buzzer <laughs> so i really want to say uncharted because i feel like it's the most right one but i don't want to pick a different one. Oh well <laughs> so I was, yeah i'm gonna say uncharted Right, okay. Oh, okay. If you both okay. want to pick Uncharted, what I'll do is I'll just is say it, is this is, is this wrong, like that, that, the, the probability <laughs> thing, you know, that you've got okay, three doors fine. and the host tells you that one of them's wrong. <laughs> What's the probability now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always. Well, we we don't have a choice. We, right. Because so always so. switch. <laughs> so you've got. <laughs> You've got Darksiders, Lost Planet 2, Ninja Gaiden, Sigma 2, or uh, Final Fantasy 13. Ninja Gaiden, why not? I'm going to say Final Fantasy 13. I mean, you weren't far off. Ninja Gaiden was apparently my, my fourth ever. Uh, but my Fuck first one was Final Fantasy 13. Yes! George ah. wins yet another yes! quiz. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I suddenly How... cared. When I realised that this would break my streak, I suddenly cared so much about winning. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Those were the stats. Who buys a PS3 for Final Fantasy Thirteen? They, they, they were all there. All the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I think my Xbox 360 is broken. Fair enough. It, it had just come out, and I really wanted to play it. So, yeah. I was like, Nevi likes oh, Final true. Fantasy games. I do. I'm gonna pick one of PS- those. Yeah, my PS3 came with Lost Planet Two, I think, which I didn't play for. Almost a year. Fair dues, mate. Fair dues. So yeah, those were those. I, were the I let him. That's true. I did. I let him I win. It was actually an act of. Uh, I realised uh, how fragile his ego was. I thought I'd, uh, I'd just, I just gift him the victory so he doesn't uh, feel bad on this Friday night. Uh, that's what it was. I knew the answer. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, any any it, child yeah. needs to know There's the answer to that to pass their uh, their GCSEs. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the <laughs> pe- people listening at home were just screaming the answer because it was so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there we are. that was our. Thank uh, you, Nevi, for your Nevi stat. Nevi stat quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're quite welcome. Should... Tie up should, uh, and be thrown into a lake. And, uh, an end, uh... <laughs> the lake of the internet. <laughs> oh dear. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bits and Pieces podcast. If you have found us without the website attached, you can head over to uh, bitsandpieces.games for lots of articles and other podcasting stuff. Uh, you can also check out Gavin Mind's Monster Hunter World podcast thing we did. We've done three yeah. episodes. We might do another one, should we ever get around to doing it. So, have a listen to those initial three. Um, other podcast things in the pipeline are, I did a talk through, I don't know what the word is for it, of um, the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which involves me going insane <laughs> in a maze. For, so that's that's ne- ne- that Nevi's quite... ASMR special. Yeah, that should be interesting. <laughs> There's bits of me just going, "What? What's? What? I'm back here again." <laughs> I can feel a tingle. What's going on? If that doesn't get your scalp tingling, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's going to requires a lot of editing because it's about 
It's about an hour of me being lost and amazing that some of that needs cutting down because nobody needs to listen to all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's about three hours worth of recording. It's me going, optimistically going, oh, this will take like an hour, an hour and a half. I'll record this. This will be fun. Two hours in, I'm stuck in a maze still. And, so when you say uh, you yeah. recorded it, I thought you'd filmed yourself reading reading I mean, through like reading through Walk Fast Up Mountain. I mean, if, if I had, it would have just seen me getting more and more angry at the fact that I kept going in circles. Just dynamic slow motion page turns. Yeah, no, it's, it's just my, my, my voice talking you through it. Rolling some dice. So yeah, there's that. Uh, if you want, you can check us out on the social medias. We are Bits Plus Pieces on Twitter and those bits and pieces at Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also send us an email. The email is on the website at the bottom and the top, maybe. Definitely Should one be. of those. There's um, nothing so else yeah. on the website. It's just our email 37 times. Yeah. Yes. We're going to run an I email mean, scam. That, that, that was, was the plan, idea. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just pay pay for hosting just so we can put our email on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how the internet works, right? You put your email on it and then you win. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to this. Mostly podcast Far Cry full Five. Of Far Cry and Five stats. and that's what stats. counts. <laughs> that's what you're here for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. So, <laughs> until next time. Bye. Ooh, ASMR. Goodbye. I'm currently uh, hydrating courtesy of the uh, the Tenants Brewery in uh, in Glasgow. Ooh. Thanks a lot. <laughs>